Sure, very good. Bear, and we talked about bearing one another's burdens, and we've been talking about for the past several weeks how we're supposed to treat one another, and more specifically, uh, each other as believers. How are we supposed to treat each other as believers? Here's a sobering question. Uh, Based on how we treat each other, do you think people who are lost would be interested in joining our family? What do you think about that? Do they see, do they see us living out what Scripture says um, and how we're supposed to love and treat one another? And that's the, that's the purpose. And this will probably be the last week, unless we pick it up some other time, that we're talking about uh, the one another statements. But last week we talked about bearing one another's burdens. When the burden becomes too heavy for a brother or sister to carry, we come along with them and we help them with that burden. But today we're going to talk about bear in another way. And today's message is entitled, Bear With. And it's a different thought, sounds the same, but it's a different thought as to how we are supposed to treat each other. And I want you to think about the relationships that you have with one another. And do you think that, that as strong as we have, as strong a relationships as we have with one another, could it very easily go south, <laughs> that relationship? Is there something that the other person could do or say? Or is there something that they already do on a regular basis that could cause the relationship that you have to be not as good as it is right now or not as good as you would want it to be. Because you know that everybody has little quirks, don't they? Everybody has little quirks. I'm not going to point mine out to you because you already know what they are. And I don't want to irritate you right at the beginning of service here. But everybody has their own little quirks and they can become an irritation. Uh, almost, like, um, almost like a thorn that gets into your skin and it starts digging deeper and deeper and it's hard, it's hard to get out. And so what we need to do is we need to do what Ephesians tells us to do. We get our instruction from the Word of God. We get our directions in life and how to live from God's Word. And in Ephesians um, chapter 4, it tells us that we need to work towards keeping unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So in other words, let's work on being good together and being good to each other. And that sounds great. That sounds really good. I like the sound of that. I think everybody would check that box off and say, let's do that. Until you Google the words annoying people and you come up with 537 million results. And then you start thinking, yes, I do know some annoying people. Do you know some annoying people? Do you know some annoying people? (laughs) Got a little bit of a response there. Yeah, yeah, I think we all have some, maybe some people in our lives. And and so so we hear these words, bear with, bear with. And you know what that's telling us that we need to do, that that you and I should do as, as God's children? We need to endure patiently. We need to put up with. We need to indulge and we need to suffer. And, and I'm not talking about indulging in sweets and rich foods and uh, things like that. I'm talking about indulge someone 
and, and put up with someone. But we're not supposed to have to do that because we only live one life, right? And, and I don't, if I don't want somebody in my life, uh, I'm just not going to have them in my life. We, we, we're taught to do that. Get rid of toxic people. Have you ever heard that expression? Get rid of the toxic people in your life. But what if your toxic person is another brother or sister in Christ? Is that a possibility? Could be, could be. But we're supposed to do these things and it gives us the idea of long suffering. That word, that word is just ugh, isn't it? Long suffering. Put up with somebody for a long time. Long suffering and be slow to anger. Slow to anger. But don't some people know how to push that one button that takes you from zero to 60 in less than a second? You know what I'm saying? Slow to anger is what he's, what he's wanting us to do here. Um, so I don't, I don't think maybe, I don't think that we bear with one another like we should. And instead of bearing with one another, we, we would rather sound off or run off or run somebody off, right? We would, we'd like to do that. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think about you. And then, I, and then I want you to leave. And if you don't leave, I'm going to leave. You know, that, that kind of thing. And we feel so justified in, in doing these things. But seldom do we put up with people. Now, 17 times in the New Testament, we'll see the phrase, bear with. And so it's important. If something is repeated in Scripture... Uh, it's important. Um, so we need to stand up and, and listen. And, and Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 helps us uh, to, to learn how to do that. And so not only, see, God, God's good like that. He tells you to do something. And then He gives you everything you need to do it. Can I get an amen? Can I get a louder Amen. He gives you everything that you need. Scripture tells us you've got everything you need in Christ for, for godly living. So if he's telling you to bear with one another, then you can do it. You can do it. But they just, William, they just push every button and they get on my nerves so bad. But listen to what Ephesians 4, 2 says. With all, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. Let me read it to you this way. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, or bearing with one another in love. We can do this. And we, we can do it because he told us to do it. He never asks us to do something that we cannot do. It's just us making the choice to do it. And so one of the first things that we're going to have to deal with based on what we read here. We're going to have to deal with pride and thinking that we're always right. Now, is there anybody here that thinks they're always right? Don't raise your hand. Don't say anything. Just think in your head. Is there anybody here that thinks they're always right? I think that probably you're looking at somebody right now that does sometimes uh, and that everybody else is wrong. And, you know, we've got to be willing to be humble and we've got to put up with people uh, because we know sometimes we're not that easy for, uh, for people to put up with. So there needs to be humility there. And we also need to be gentle with one another, uh, especially if we behave differently. Uh, everybody's going to have different things that they do. 
and we're going to behave differently. We need to be, be gentle in, in dealing with one another because think about the, the grace that God has given us. And we need to extend that grace to other people, especially uh, one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to be patient with one another because I'm in a process of growing and maturing, and so are you. And you may be farther along than me, so bear with me. There's, there's the expression, bear with me. Um, it's not an opportunity for you to feel superior to me because you may be a little bit further along spiritually mature than I am, but it's an opportunity for you to bear with me and, and make true and, and make possible what God has told us to do. And when we do bear with one another, we need to do it in an attitude of love, not one of indifference. Well, if I got to love you, I got to love you. So I love you. You know, not that kind of a attitude. And Colossians, I want to read some, some from Colossians 2 uh, as well, rather. Colossians chapter 3. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, or put on a compassionate heart. What a great week to talk about having a compassionate heart. Valentine's doesn't necessarily have to be about sweetheart love, does it? You know, it can be about brotherly love. Put on a compassionate heart. Uh, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Sometimes we're going to have to forgive each other. And I tell you, forgiving and forbearing go hand in hand. Sometimes you're going to have to be willing to forgive somebody before you can bear with them. Because, because you, it's almost they've got, two, they've got two strikes against them. They did something to you and you can't stand them. One more strike and they're out, right? What, what's that strike going to be? You know, probably, what, probably absolutely nothing. Uh, but that's what we're supposed to do. All those things, humility, gentleness, meekness with one another. Instead of being harsh, that's what we're supposed to do. So that leads us to what our takeaway is for today. This is our main idea. Because Jesus bears with me, because Jesus bears with me, I can bear with others. We can bear with one another because Jesus bears with us. And so we're called to put up with different personalities. Because guess what? Not everybody in here has the same personality. Um, I don't remember what it was, but, and, and uh, I just have to use this reference because everybody, most everybody's going to understand a Jerry joke, okay? And so somebody shared something with me the other week or said something, and I, I can't remember what it was, but they said, that's, that's a Jerry joke. And, you know, that was Jerry's personality. And so, but Jerry's personality is different, was different than your personality. And Tony's personality is different than Charlie's personality. So we need to bear with one another's different personalities, uh, different preferences. What what struggle, what greater struggle is there in life than comes after the question, where do you want to eat? <laughs> Am I right? What do you prefer? What do you prefer? Oh, no, no, no. I can eat anything. What do you prefer? Well, I can eat anything. What do you prefer? How about pizza? I don't like pizza. You know, 
And so we have to deal with one another's personalities, preferences, different perspectives. Well, I think God says that here. I don't think he says that. I think he says this. Well, well, you know, different people are going to be different. And we get a, we've got to bear with one another. So let's get to our scripture for today. Finally, you say, uh, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. We then that are strong ought to bear or put up with the infirmities of the weak. <coughs> Excuse me. And not to please ourselves. What? That doesn't sound like 2023 in the United States of America. Verse number two, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification or to build him up. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Verse four, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning to help us grow up. Um, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to the end of verse number six, what I'm seeing is that even with different personalities, even with different perspectives, and even with different preferences, we can glorify, the God, glorify God together as one. That's what we can do. And so all of these verses help us to understand that we need to do these things. Put up, build up, look up, grow up, stand up, speak up. And I know you're waiting for shut up, but it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. So, so when Paul wrote this, he was writing to two distinct groups at the, of the church, to the church in Rome. He was, or he was writing to the strong and he was writing to the weak. The, the, the strong people and the weak people. And they graded on each other's nerves. So the strong people, the strong saints there, they had no problem eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. A steak is a steak. Doesn't matter where it came from. Uh, let's eat it. That, that's, that was their mentality. But there were others who felt that if you ate the meat that had been sacrificed to idols, that it would contaminate you spiritually. So they followed this very strict diet. Not only that, but they also felt that some days were more holy than others, more spiritual than others. Um, and so these weaker believers were bothered by the stronger ones who felt that they could indulge in the meat and also worship on any day that they wanted to worship. So there was a, you can understand the struggle, the different personalities, different perspectives. Um, so what we have here is one group that hadn't fully grasped hold of the freedom that they have in God, the freedom that they have in Christ. And the other group, um, exercised the freedom that they felt they had with a clear conscience by not doing what they felt they shouldn't do. And so they disagreed with one another and they couldn't get along. And, you know, we can do that. We can very easily fall into a way of thinking that we are always right and that our perspective is always the right perspective. 
You know, we just, there's something within us that causes us to think that for whatever reason, I'm thinking this and it's right. And what is it? You eat crow when you find out that what you thought was right was wrong. Is that the right expression? Got to eat some crow? I don't, I don't know. But have you ever had to eat crow? Yeah, yeah. Because I, you and I both are, neither one of us are always right. But we think we are, and then we try to get everybody to think the way that we think. And if they don't think the way that we think, we judge them. And sometimes if they start thinking the way we think, we still judge them. What took you so long? You should have got here way before now. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we just, we just are very uh, critical of one another. Critical of one another. Now, one thing we're not, and now let me just be very clear, and this is one of the things I want you to really hear. And this is we do not tolerate trespasses and we do not tolerate sin. We're not supposed to do that. If Scripture says something is wrong, it's wrong. And amen. If Scripture says something is not right, it's not right. It's not a matter of personal opinion or how far can you take it before it is wrong. If it says it's wrong, it's wrong. And I have to be okay with that because I'm not God. I'm not God and I don't get to make the rules. And I'm okay with that too. Because I have come to find that if I make the rules, sometimes my rules are stupid. And sometimes my rules don't make sense. And sometimes my rules are selfish. But His rules are for the good of all people. And the sooner that we come to agreement with that, the better off things will be and the more we can bear with one another. But we do not tolerate sin. But what we're being asked to do is give grace to those who were wired maybe a little bit differently than we are in the way that they think and the way that they understand certain things. Tolerate them. And how do you do that? Well, this, through the scripture that we just read. How do we tolerate those people who have annoying habits and do things the exact opposite of the way that we do them? <clears throat> and that's what we're going to talk about as quickly as we can because I want to try to hit all of these. But before we do... Listen to this. The person who is rubbing us the wrong way, and we all have those people, and I'm speaking specifically of a, of a fellow believer, but the people who rub us the wrong way, they may not be sinning against us in doing what they're doing, but we can very easily sin against them with our attitudes and with our actions if we're not willing to bear with them. Okay, so there's, there's a, a good little piece to, to chew on for a little bit. But let's, let's talk about what Scripture told us. First thing it tells us to do, we've got to put up, put up with one another. Verse 1 says, those who are strong have an obligation to bear with those who might be weak, and we're not just here to please ourselves. So strong believers are to bear with other believers who might make mistakes or might not be as far along as understanding certain things. Um, he's saying here that we're bound by Jesus Christ to bear with one another. And we do not see that happening, especially in our culture today. We, we have cancel culture. And I think most of us would probably contend that cancel culture is not something that you're going to find so much in the church, although you will find it. But what we do find in the church, uh, as well as cancel culture, is hypercritical Christianity. 
a holier than thou kind of an attitude. Well, we don't do that, or we don't act that way, or we don't believe that way, or there's something wrong with you. And, and so we can be hypercritical of one another. But we're called to endure the frustrations that we might have living so closely and being in union with one another with people who aren't exactly like we are. And I'm looking out and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm so glad you are all, that you are all not exactly like me. I am so glad. First of all, it would be the most boring place to be if we were all the same. I don't, we don't want that. That would be very frustrating. Um, but being different, we're going to have to learn how to bear with one another. It's going to be a challenge because, because usually a, a natural reaction towards somebody that's different from us is not to, not, to, not to bear with them and not to deal with them. But the key is for us to, <clears throat> to remember that we are not here to please ourselves, even though it seems like everything we do in our lives is aimed towards pleasing ourselves. The things that we buy, the, the, uh, uh, the way that we treat other people, um, the way that we work things in the relationships that we have, the way that we sometimes try to play other people. <clears throat> we are here, it seems at times, to please ourselves. But scripture right here says, and not to please ourselves. So while our tendency is to strive towards first place all the time, maybe our tendency should be to strive towards last place and let others go ahead of us and follow the example of the one who died in our place, who was willing to consider himself nothing, who was willing to take on himself the sins of the whole world, and not just at that time, but the sins of all mankind from the beginning to the time where sin will be no more, willing to take all of that sin upon himself, dying in our place. And as 1 Corinthians 9 says, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. So what we do is we bear with one another or we put up with one another because Jesus put up with us. All right, what else can we see? We need to not only put up, but we need to build up. And this is really important here. We see this in verse number two. We're supposed to, uh, each of us, please our neighbor to build him up. That's basically what it says. So when we bear with one another, what we're doing is we're allowing God to help us build up and construct one another, construct Christians. But when we blast away at people, which can sometimes happen when we're not bearing with one another, we become a willing participant in the process of tearing people down. And even though you may have torn a person down in the past, and even though you may have felt justified, and let's just be honest here, even though it may have felt good to do that, it is the exact opposite of what God is telling us to do here. We're supposed to build one another up. Not just endure, but to build up and then to, to encourage one another. And as a church, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be a disciple-making church where everyone who has been discipled is discipling other disciples. And that's what we're here to do. We're not here to tear down. We're here to build one another up. 
That's what God is committed to doing, building people up. Um, Isaiah 57 tells us to build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. So we don't want to be a hindrance. We want to be a helper. Don't be a hindrance. Be a helper. He longs for us to be builders in the body of Christ. And as 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And part of, part of the, here's, here's, a, here's a neat little thing. Part of building other people up is recognizing how we might irritate, how we might irritate people. Have you ever thought about how you irritate people? Don't say, yeah, I know how I irritate people, and I do it as much as I can. But have you ever thought about the possibility that you are an irritation to someone, that you irritate people? Maybe part of building another person up is saying, well, how can I change that? How can I allow God to change me in that, to help build this person up? Maybe I can change. Because can you really change anybody else? Can you really do that? can't do that. Some of you, some of us, have been trying to change people for so long. And aren't you tired of that? Aren't you weary of that? Don't you realize that God never put that burden on you? He's trying to help you with it by saying the things that He said here. So, uh, Put up, build up. The next thing is, look up, look up. We see in verse number three, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So we're supposed to look to the one who took everything upon himself. Melissa sang that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. That's exactly what this verse says. You look to Jesus, look up to Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus and we'll be reminded that He didn't come to be served. He came to serve others, which is exactly what we're talking about this morning, to give His life a ransom for many. If you read in Matthew chapter 17, you'll see where three of the disciples, when they saw Jesus transfigured, this is what it says, and when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. They saw no one but Jesus. That's all they saw was Jesus. So we look to Jesus and we realize that as He put, has put up with us and He bore with us, we need to do the same thing with the person that is bugging us. And what if we, what if we looked up and instead of seeing the person that is bugging us, we looked up and we saw Jesus? And we saw people the way Jesus sees them. And again, we spoke about this last week. A person who is fearfully and wonderfully made. A person who Jesus Christ died for just like he died for, for me. Just like he died for you. So look to the one who saves us for the help to bear with one another. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Not upon everything that the person does that gets on your nerves, that bothers you, the things that they say. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. So put up, build up, look up. And then the next thing, grow up. How many times have we been told to grow up? Well, we need to grow up. We need to take responsibility for our growth. 
And we see that in verse number 4. It says, whatever was written in former days. Um, and later on, uh, through the encouragement of scriptures, we have hope. So what he's talking about in former days is referring to what we've been taught through scriptures like uh, the Old Testament and, and the, the Ten Commandments. These things have showed us how to live. These things have showed us what we need to do and what we don't need to do. And the Bible encourages us so that we can be filled with hope. We wouldn't even know what hope is if it weren't for the scriptures. We wouldn't even know who God is. We wouldn't know who Jesus is if it weren't for the scriptures. So the scriptures give us hope and they encourage us and they, they tell us about life and they tell us about freedom. And they tell us that these are the ways that we're supposed to live and it shows us how. And understanding all that, how often do we reference the scriptures to see how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to treat one another? And William, William, when are we ever going to get a preacher that quits telling us that we need to read our Bible? When are we ever going to stop here and have you read your Bible today or do you have a daily Bible reading time? And I hope that you never stop hearing it because that's what we need. That's how we grow. And it's your responsibility to get more scripture than you're getting on Sunday morning and on Sunday nights and on Wednesday nights. And I know sometimes when I give Michael the scripture that we're going to use in a sermon, he's like, all of these, all of these. And I'm like, yep, every single one. And we don't always get to them. Uh, but you know, Scripture, we need Scripture. Do you believe we need Scripture? It not only shows us who He is, it shows us who we are and how He wants us to live and how we can live that way and bring honor and glory to Him. And when we soak up Scripture, it will change us. It will help us to see the perspective that God wants us to see. So we grow up but we also stand up. We said stand up. What does that mean? We've got to be willing to stand with those who are weak or who have fallen down. We've got to be willing to stand with them. Verse number five says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. God's heart for us as a church is for us to stand together. Not separately, not independently, to stand together. When there's a problem that needs to be addressed, we come together as a church and we take care of that problem. When there's a need, we come together and we take care of that need. We do that together. Together, we stand together. And, you know, we need to understand too that sometimes when we meet a person and we get that first impression, and you know, we're going to get that we have visitors. Thank God for the visitors that we have. We love visitors, visitors at this church. But think about when you first meet a person and you, you, you have that first impression. And everybody says first impressions are so important. But maybe we need to get to know a person a little bit better before we, before we base everything we're going to think about this person on what we saw the first time we saw them. Think about all the times that you have just ruined the first impression you made on other people. The times that, you, that your shirt was inside out or you tripped as you walked towards them to say hello or all sorts of other things that you can think of. What if, what if people based their perception of you on that first impression, the first time they ever saw you? We need to get to know one another. 
We need to cut each other some slack. And we need to stand together. And then trying to wrap things up here. Finally, we need to speak up. Not shut up, but we need, we need to speak up. Uh, verse number six says, Together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one voice, one accord, in unity together. Um, it's a possibility. Even through strife and difficulty, that's a possibility for us. And we need to be unified and we need to be bearing with one another. What happens when people come to a church and they see people griping with one another? What happens when they sit down in a, in a, in a row and as they're waiting for the service to start, they may hear people say something about someone. And what is, what is that? What good is there from that? What fruit can we bear from that? We need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful about how we treat one another. How can people learn about the glory of God when we're not speaking up with one voice, but we're dividing and tearing down with the words that we do say? When we stand up, we need to speak up and praise to God. That's why we're here. Nehemiah 9.5, stand up and bless the Lord your God from everlasting to everlasting. But if we're tearing each other down, that's the exact opposite of what we're doing. So this little lesson, how do we, how do we make this a reality in our lives? How do we put it to practice? What is it that we do? And... I think there are some simple steps uh, that we can take. And the first thing is, possibly, make a list of the people who get on your nerves. Make a list of the people that bug you. And, you know, you may find that there are certain kinds of traits or attributes that you have a problem with. Uh, but as you look at that list and as you think about that list, Ask God to help you see them from His perspective. Let's do that. You don't necessarily have to write down a list, but when I asked you earlier, is there somebody in your life that gets on your nerves, you, you could probably think of somebody. And so ask God to help you see this person from His perspective. And then start praying for that person. Pray for that person. And you will see, I believe, uh, a change even in how you pray for them and how you view them and how you see them because that's what you ask God for. Help me to see them the way that you see them. And then as you go further in that process, what we need to do because we're not here to please ourselves is we need to ask God, God, you change me. We can't change other people. We all pretty much agreed with that. But God, maybe there's something that you can do in me. You know what God can do? This is just a thought. Maybe if there is a common denominator in the people who you wrote and put on your list, and they all have that trait or that attribute, maybe you can, maybe God can help you just overlook that. Or maybe make it to where it's not a problem for you anymore. Because when you see, when you're looking at the person, 
you're looking to Christ and you're seeing that Christ died for them just like he died for you and Christ bears with you just like he wants you to bear with them and all of this coming together and meshing and melding together and becoming an understanding in your mind helps you to see, I can overlook that because what are people having to overlook in me? And so basic steps, change me, God. And help me to let go of grudges and help me to let go of finding fault with other people. And then obviously you're going to find some people on that list that you used to have a relationship with, but it's broken somehow. Try to restore that relationship. Make a call. Send a note. Be proactive. And then maybe... Since loving feelings tend to follow loving actions, do an act of service for that person. Do something for them. There, that, that's a big step in the right direction. And boy, does it bring glory to God when you do that because you're doing it because you heard in Scripture that that's what God wanted us to do. I'm going to read a quote for you. Don't waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. And as soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love them. I like that. C.S. Lewis said that. C.S. Lewis. I've quoted him a lot here lately. Um, one, One last illustration I want to give you. How many of you have ever seen uh, videos where people put mirrors out in uh, like the woods or somewhere where there's going to be a lot of wildlife coming through and then they videotape it and they'll see an animal walk by a mirror and this animal will try to attack the mirror. Do you understand what I'm saying? Has anybody seen anything like that at all? Yeah, okay. All right, so like if you, you see a bear in the woods and a bear walks up and there's a mirror and all of a sudden the bear gets up on its hind legs and it starts roaring because it's going to go after that other bear that's not really there. It's, an, you know, it's, a, it's a reflection. Thank you, it's a reflection. Sometimes William has a hard time thinking of words. So, so would, it, would it be possible that maybe some of us are fighting Uh, I'm going to call them imaginary battles. And we're putting a lot of energy, a lot of energy into being angry with other people because they're not like us or because we think they're a certain way or maybe even because we think that they think we're a certain way. And we begin to build up or make up this, this thing in our minds of how they feel about us. And what if that was the exact opposite of the way things really were? We're fighting against ourselves in situations like that. What if we just were just willing to bear with one another instead? How many, and how many times <clears throat> have we gotten upset with other people because they act exactly like we do? <laughs> Has that ever been the case? Because we are very similar. Even though we're not exactly the same, we're very similar in a lot of ways. And, you know, when, when we get angry with people, when we allow these little differences to, to cause us to be angry, or if what people do make us angry and, 
and, and we start to build up this, <clears throat> I don't know, hatred or anger towards them. You know what? We're getting distracted from the purpose that God has given us to bear with one another. And if we're busy being angry and arguing about things, then we don't have time to sing and we don't have time to praise. and We don't have time to glorify God with one voice, which is what He has told us that we need to do in the Scripture that we had today. And when this anger is allowed to continue and to grow and to fester, it turns into bitterness. And bitterness is ugly. And bitterness, you can see bitterness on a person's face a mile away. And though everything may be good, the sun may be shining and life may be grand, bitterness finds its way through and it destroys anything and everything because it is anger that has gone unchecked and hasn't been dealt with. And bitterness, bitterness is a problem for so many Christians. Um, but bitterness, being angry with other people and being bitter with other people, is like swallowing a bottle of poison and waiting for the other person to die. Because who's it hurting really? It's hurting me. And if I would just do what God said, bear with one another, bear with one another. Did you see what so-and-so did? I can't stand that. Oh, that's okay. Y'all see what I do sometimes. You know, none of us are perfect. You know, there's ways that God helps us even to help other people. Even when we're struggling ourselves, we're building each other up. We're building up Christians. That's what we're supposed to do. It's a byproduct of what we're doing here. So it all kind of trickles down <clears throat> to the little, to the point of what God has told us, what God has written on our hearts. And since it's Valentine's Day, it's a good time to go over this again. Love one another. Love one another. You know, we can all agree people get on our nerves. We can all agree that even our brothers and sisters in Christ sometimes rub us the wrong way. Just say, but you know, I love them. I'm, God's told me to love them. I love them. And I got I to gotta see how God has dealt with me. And I got to see too how maybe I rub people the wrong way sometimes and I'm not even aware of it. We spend too much time fighting against one another. He has given us the freedom to love one another and to bear with one another and to be in unity. Isn't that a better way? Of course it is because that's God's way. So if you will, I want you to stand. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. 